Perhaps what we love most about grit is that you don't have to be born with it. It can be learned. In fact, perseverance and the value of hard work have been, since the time of the great philosophers, always considered to be core elements of raising and educating the next generation. Aristotle, writing about the virtues of hard work, once said, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Welcome back to Zoo Notable. I'm PJ with ZooFit, and today's uh, today's book is a little little reminiscent of of Halloween. I think uh, again, I thought it might go with the theme of ghouls and the Grim Reapers to discuss a topic that sounds, yeah, I guess it it sounds a little bit like it's up Halloween's alley. We're discussing grit today. Now I came across this book. Grit to Great, quite by accident as I was searching for another book on grit, and I'm really glad I found it. It's a quick, short read, but absolutely jam-packed with some great little you know, anecdotes and stories and just a ton of grand ideas. And I can't wait to share some with you, so feeling a little gritty, let's get into it with Grit to Great by Linda Kaplan-Thaler and Robin Koval. And we'll kick things off with big idea number one, grit can be learned. Quote, you'd be surprised at the edge you can develop by applying yourself for an extra half hour on something, a goal, a skill, or a job. Pick a time of day when you are most productive, such as early morning after, after a job or in the quiet of the Sunday evening. And instead of watching a sitcom, devote yourself to whatever it may be. A half an hour each day adds up to 180 hours of extra practice a year. So throughout this book, they're talking about the four components of grit. That is guts, resilience, initiative, and tenacity, which appropriately spill out the word grit. Now, grit isn't necessarily something you are born with. In fact, most people aren't born with it. You pretty much have to develop it. While the book, book Grit to Great, focuses on the achievement from people utilizing the important aspects of grit, that is that perseverance, the patience, and never giving up, the authors also provide at the end of each chapter some ideas for each of us to build our grit. They call them grit builders. And the one that I just mentioned is the grit builder called Go for 30. Now, I might add that if you don't have 30 minutes every single day, you can start smaller. Start at just 15 minutes. If that sounds too easy, that's good. That's kind of the point. The point is to make it a habit. We start to build the initiative, that resilience, and yes, even the tenacity to stick to it. Now, for instance, my husband has been doing daily art for over 10 years straight. Daily. He chose 30 minutes because it was something that he could easily muster every single day. And he hasn't missed a day in over 10 years. Yes, even when he received his kidney transplant. And do you think over the past 10 years, my husband may have improved as an artist? Well, you know, I'd love for you to be the judge of that. You can check out his website at chrisbevan.com. His work is a true demonstration of the power of grit, of learned grit, I might add as well. Now, some of the other great grit builders included, quote, 
Doing nothing is doing something. So they're saying the next time you're waiting at the dentist or doctor's office or for a train or bus, resist the urge to take out your phone and check email or Facebook. Just be still. Notice the world around you. Think about what you are feeling. What are you in your life? Are you hungry or thirsty for? It's in these moments of boredom and inactivity that we can be our most creative, we can solve problems, engage in the world around us, and train ourselves to accept that we don't always have to feel busy to be fulfilled. And I have to say, I, I love this idea because it trains us to find the opportunities for mindfulness. Like I always look for those OTMs, the opportunities to move, but now I'm going to look for OFMs, opportunities for mindfulness. Another great grit, grit builder that uh, Linda and Robin share with us is hit the 30-second pause button. Now they say in advertising, half a minute can be long enough to change someone's mind, but it's also not so long that it feels interminable. That 30-second pause can be enough time to counter negative impulses from steering you down the wrong path, whether it's something you, sh something you shouldn't be doing, like eating that second helping of pie, or if something that's preventing you from doing what you should be doing, such as, you know, I don't know, practicing the violin. So if you feel an urge to indulge in a guilty pleasure, just pause, count to 30. You may find the impulse will fade and you can carry on with your work. Now, I call this method taking a breath. It doesn't even have to be 30 seconds. I have found that you can switch on your parasympathetic nervous system, which calms us down and gets us out of fight or flight in as little as 10 seconds. Just take a slow, deep breath through your nose, inhaling to the count of four, hold slightly at the top of your breath, and then exhale through your nose for the count of six. This pause can give you the willpower to say no if you need to, or give you the insight to say yes, guilt-free to an indulgence. Again, just take a breath or hit that pause button. So let's just do that right now. Let's take one quick, I call it a deer breath. Take one deep breath in for four. Hold and then out for six. Just, I just have to say, aha, after the end of that. Now, these grip, grip builders are serious game changers as they create small habits that lead to great victories and us becoming more gritty, more resilient, and more anti-fragile in all of our endeavors. So which grip builder do you like? Let's practice some starting today. Big idea number two is failure and rejection help us succeed. Quote, too often we live life avoiding what we fear a hundred times a day. And what we fear often comes down to failure or rejection. Jia Zhang wanted to become an entrepreneur, but received a devastating rejection from an investor for his startup. He said, my choices were rejection or regret, and both stunk. Zhang recalled in the TED TEDx talk. But in the end, I chose rejection and kept going, and the world has never been the same again. There's a big difference, Jing pointed out, between remorse over not having done something and rejection. Rejection is getting shot down and surviving. Remorse is never taking flight in the first place. 
All right, so folks, I love this idea that failure and rejection are what help us succeed. It's a philosophy that I've come to embrace, something that I call a tiger, because tigers never give up, even though they only have a 5% chance of catching their prey every time they hunt. Now, if you have a dream or a goal, something that's really, really important to you, you just you have to go for it. Oh, but you might be thinking, what if I fail? It's scary, isn't it? The idea of failing, it keeps us grounded on Earth when we could be flying among the clouds. And when I was querying my book a long time ago, my friends and I had a contest to see who could get 100 rejections first. So in order to win, I was putting out query letters every single day to agents and publishers. However, I only received 52 rejections. And in the meantime, I was learning more about the craft and more about my personal story. I started crafting better queries and just better writing overall. And then soon, I actually stopped getting rejected outright. In fact, I was asked by three agents to send my book proposal. Now, another part of that rejection contest was that I didn't feel my self-worth was diminished by each rejection. It simply meant that my book wasn't a good fit for that agent. Not that I was a, writing a crappy book or that I wasn't good enough. Now, as Zhang told his TEDx audience, rejection's not this monster bag of hurt that I thought. It's not some universal truth about who I am. It's just someone's opinion. And it says just as much about that person as it does about me. Is facing rejection scary? Yes. Facing constant rejection can be devastating, but it can also be an impetus that you need to work harder than you ever thought possible. So again, here's the thing though. We miss 100% of the shots that we don't take. If the tiger doesn't go hunting, it will die of starvation. So 5% chance of success or not, the tiger goes hunting. Now, I understand we may not die if we don't go for our dreams, but those dreams themselves may perish. And I just can't fathom us thriving in life, letting all of our dreams wither and die because we're afraid to go for it. So next time you think, but what if I fail? Let your inner voice flip that script for you and whisper, oh my dear, but what if you fly? And big idea number three is mind the gap between effort and results. Quote, achievement of any kind we are taught requires patience, a willingness to delay gratification. In the space between effort and achievement, between working to accomplish a goal and crossing the finish line, is the waiting, the tedious practice, the endless repetition, the training, and the rehearsals. So this comes from a chapter titled, Get Into Weight Training, spelled W-A-I-T. And I love a good play on words, but this is important. I really want to delve into this a little bit further. We live in a society and culture that is obsessed with immediate gratification. Again, that's social media, the instant downloads, the one-day delivery with Prime memberships, never mind the products could be coming from halfway across the globe. No wonder that so many people have ADHD. And the problem with having so much at our fingertips and a push of a button is that it doesn't teach us the value of, and the true cost of success. We don't experience the gap between effort and success. But trust me, there is 
a gap. And sometimes it's pretty wide. As Linda and Robin explain further, it means clocking endless hours on the treadmill or in the park to train for a marathon, or taking night classes for a year or two to finish that degree you put aside when the kids came along. As excited as you were when you began this endeavor about competing on race day or imagining yourself receiving your diploma on graduation day, those imagined moments of glory remained in the still distant future. And it often seems harder and harder to stay the course. You may become more inclined to reach for a bag of Cheetos instead of your running shoes, or turn on Game of Thrones rather than crack your textbook. It's too easy for your mission to be aborted and your spaceship to be pulled back to Earth. So to build more grit, we need to get better at filling in that gap while we quote unquote wait for our results of our work. There are simple ways to do that. In fact, animal trainers call it a bridge. How do you tell a dolphin doing the jump in the middle of the pool the exact moment that earned them a treat? And how do you teach a dog to sit when sometimes by the time you reach your, your treats, they're standing up again? That's what the bridge is. It figuratively makes that connection between the effort and success a lot shorter. Now, in my world, uh, we don't need a bridge like a whistle or clicker to bridge my habits. But what I do need is some smaller reinforcement to keep me motivated. Now, if I'm training for a marathon, I will likely reinforce my efforts every time I go for a run. If I'm pursuing my degree, I'll reinforce my efforts every time I open my textbook and spend 30 minutes studying. The gap between the effort and my success is shortened significantly when I celebrate my progress every step of the way. So what is one of your big goals? Is there a pretty big gap between what you need to do and the end result? How can you build a little bit more grit to stay the course by reinforcing your efforts in the moment? Mind that gap and just create a great bridge. Big idea number four, growth mindset is like being bamboo. Quote, despite its hard body, bamboo is incredibly flexible thanks to its hollow interior. It will sway in even the gentlest breeze. Yet it will often be the only thing standing after a typhoon, its roots firmly anchored. Bamboo plants can endure challenging temperature extremes of winter and summer, and they are one of the fastest growing plants in the world. Unlike other woods used in making furniture, bamboo doesn't need much finishing. It's ready to use as it is. There are arguably many life lessons to glean from bamboo, such as learning to face obstacles not with stubborn resistance, but with the flexibility and confidence of knowing that you can adapt to change. Uh, I gotta admit, there is nothing I appreciate more than a good animal or nature metaphor for self-improvement. And now I have to admit, I have a newfound adoration for bamboo. The other mentionable for bamboo is it's, it is very sustainably sourced. So compared to most of our other woods and plant-based materials, it makes durable clothing. Uh, it makes fantastic utensils, especially chopsticks, which can be reused versus the single-use wood chopsticks. And there's so many more products that I use on a daily basis made with bamboo. Now, I loved using bamboo to enrich elephants, 
But that's that's getting off topic in another story. Now, bamboo embodies what Stanford University psychologist Carol Dweck calls a growth mindset for a variety of reasons, but most of them mentioned by Linda and Robin in Grit to Great. It is one of the fastest growing and I'll add hardest to get rid of plants in the world. If you've ever tried to get rid of wild bamboo in your yard, it feels like an impossible endeavor. So instead you just chop it down, but literally less than a month, it's grown right back. Talk about grit, resilience, and tenacity. But what is a growth mindset and how do we adopt one? Again, Carol Dweck believes that people have one of two types of mindsets. That is a fixed mindset or growth. Those who have a fixed mindset believe their intelligence and talent are fixed traits. And most people with this mindset don't feel that they can do much to improve or change circumstances in their own lives because, quote unquote, that's the way it is, or I was just born that way. The problem with such a mindset is that when such individuals encounter difficulties, they assume that, that there is nothing they can do about it. However, on the opposite side, those with a growth mindset refuse to give up in the face of adversity or challenge, kind of like that bamboo in our backyard. They believe their abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work and focused practice or attention. As a result, those with a growth mindset are not turned off by obstacles. Rather, they see them as challenges to be overcome. So my question for you is, are you rigid and stiff, embodying that fixed mindset? Or are you flexible, adaptable, and able to grow despite any challenges with a growth mindset and like my new favorite plant, the bamboo? Now, as a side note, I used to always love bamboo anyways due to my work with elephants, and one of them was named bamboo. And I love bamboo enrichment, but just never considered the life lessons I could garner from nature in such a way. So just got to love bamboo now. And big idea number five is making the world a gritty place. Helping others helps us. Quote, a growing body of scientific research argues that the act of helping another person triggers activity in the regions of the brain involved in pleasure and reward. Helping and being of service to others can increase the dopamine coursing through our brains, the chemical that makes us happy. It can raise our self-esteem and our sense of well-being. Now, I admit, lately I've been on a really big dopamine kick, as in I'm obsessed with finding non-food and non-drug related ideas to get my addictive shot of that craved dopamine. That's what makes certain foods, smoking, and drugs addictive. Not the substances themselves, but what they do in the brain. Now, I know that laughter is one of the best ways to naturally release shots of dopamine. So does celebration. And what I find fascinating about celebration, and it totally relates to this idea, is that we release dopamine in our brain when we celebrate ourselves and when we celebrate others. It's a twofer. Because when people give us compliments and appreciate us, we get that, that dopamine hit. And the person giving us that celebratory high five or thumbs up is also getting their own shot. So let's look at helping others, not as this, I'm a saint and I'm a good person, but seriously, you, you get something out of it too. You get to feel good and that reinforces 
our behavior. So you can do it for mankind, you can do it for your community and the planet, but you can also do it for yourself. Linda and Robin share several stories of others demonstrating grit and perseverance as they serve their community, fighting homelessness, world hunger, and the biggest threat of all, climate change. And they tell us, people like our friends who persevere for the good of others, Naven Salem, Letitia Van, Van de Poot, uh, Trevor Hauser, and Brian Bob are trying to make, help make the world a better place for us all. And whether or not they solve world hunger, climate change, or homelessness, they have each found a way to make a difference and brought others into solution. So how can you get your dopamine hit today? How can you be a service to others and to yourself? Let's be those shining, radiant exemplars doing what we can for ourselves, our community, and the planet. Let's get gritty and do great, great things. All right, that's all I've got for this short but very impactful book, Grit to Great by Linda Kaplan, Thaler, and Robin Koval. Robin and Linda are the co-founders of the Kaplan Thaler Group. It was an advertising agency that became one of the fastest growing agencies in America. Together, they have written several national bestsellers, including The Power of Nice, Bang, Getting Your Message Heard in a Noisy World, and The Power of Small. You can let me know your thoughts on this Zoo Notable. What idea are you going to implement starting today? And if you like this episode, I think you'll really love the book. There is a link in the description to grab a copy for yourself or to share with others. And if you like the Zoo Notable, uh, please share with your friends, your coworkers, and with others. I'm going to close this out with some great quotes from Grit to Great. There's an old Yiddish proverb that loosely translates to, if you want your dreams to become a reality, wake up already. Albert Einstein once said, a ship is always safe at the shore, but that is not what it is built for. Michael Jordan once said in the Air Jordan Nike commercial, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. There's a Dutch proverb that says, a handful of patience is worth more than a bushel of brains. Behavioral scientist Steve Maraboli says, happiness is not the absence of problems, it's the ability to deal with them. And finally, Robin and Linda both tell us at the end of Grit to Great, with grit, there's no telling how far you can go, how much you can do, or how successful you can be. So what are you waiting for?